And as we're transitioning in the natural realm uh, from, from winter to spring, everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It has been a long, cold, snowy winter. Again, two years in a row. But last year, I, um, I happened to be in Cuba for the coldest week of the year. And then Atlanta, the second coldest weekend of the year. And uh, so I came back and, you know, I was, I was in the ocean swimming, getting seashells. And Nicole, it's like minus 40 wind chills last year. And uh, I was like, oh, I had a wonderful time in the ocean. She's like, just shut up or be killed. Right? Just stop. So, uh, you know, she's worrying about pipes freezing over and dripping water. And I'm gallivanting in the ocean. It's, and, uh, but this year, I have felt it. I had no trips that were outside this area. And, uh, and oh, how I long to be on a beach somewhere uh, a week or two this year. Um, but God is good. And, uh, and he's reigning and our future is bright. Amen? Amen? So today I just want to preach on that just shortly. And uh, I believe that God's already poured out his spirit. Um, you know, it's already here. It's not something we got to say, oh, please, God, come. Please, Holy Spirit, come. Please, you know, increase it. He's here. He's already poured himself out on humanity. It's already here. Now it's just a, a matter of, of just receiving, just getting in that place to say yes. Right? So um, today, I just I want to increase your hope. And and last night I was just speaking just for a second um, at Journey Church, and and just got onto something really cool about the verse in Song of Solomon. So if you got your Bibles, your iPads, your iPhones, your smartphones, um, you might be like me and have an iPhone six now. Don't be envious. Don't be envious. No, you can't. I waited two years for this puppy. I got my two upgrade right now. So anyway, um, you can get your Bibles out. We're going to go to Song of Solomon 2, 11 through 13. You guys look good. We have a big announcement, I think, that we're going to make next week. And uh, we're excited. So you're not going to want to miss next week. Uh, we're not pregnant. No. 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 Four girls under eight years old is, is good enough for us right now. So. So, uh, yeah, we trust in the Lord, but, uh, Nicole, what do you think about that? <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I finally get to sleep last night, and Nicole, I get an elbow on my side. Get the baby. Like, you've been sleeping for four hours. You get the baby. So, I, uh, I got the baby. <laughs> An hour later, Daddy! Daddy! I gotta go poop! <laughs> oh, please, Lord. I need white! So that was, uh, that was my two to three hour nap. Even got interrupted every hour. But then finally, I think they came in our bed around 7.30 or something. I'm like, oh my goodness. So uh, anyway, it's fun. But hey, Song of Solomon 2. Let's go here just real briefly. Um, and I, I just want to speak on hope because I think a lot of the things that, that we see, especially if we're wrapped up in media, if we're wrapped up in the news, if we're wrapped up in ISIS and all these crazy things going around, we tend to lose hope. We tend to start thinking negatively and we start to get the doom and gloom attitude. But I tell you what, in this season I have a, an attitude of gratitude. I have an attitude that the future is bright, it's full of hope, it's full of life. And, and I tell you what, God's kingdom is here. 
It's not coming. It's here. His name's Jesus. All right? He's not dead. He's not pinned up on a cross anymore. He is alive. He's well. He's sitting next to the Father. And his church is alive and doing very, very well, as you can see in this place. So Song of Solomon 2 says this. It says, starting at verse 11, Look, the winter is past, and the rains are over and gone. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. The flowers are springing up. The season of singing birds has come. How many have heard the birds outside your windows this week? Yes. And the cooing of turtle doves fills the air. The fig trees are forming young fruit and the fragrant grapevines are blossoming. Rise up, my darling. Come away with me, my fair one. So, so I just want to talk on hope because we've talked on dreaming and dreaming leads to hope and hope leads to faith. And a lot of times when we, when we start to see our faith altered, if we're not seeing things happen, all of a sudden our faith is diminished because we lose hope. If we keep praying for healing, we keep praying for these things, and we're not seeing them manifest, all of a sudden we lose hope. So in this long winter, we keep hoping for spring. We watch the groundhog and all these crazy things, right? And we are hoping for spring to just bounce up here. But when we have seven, eight inches of snow last Sunday, it's hard to see past all the white to know that underneath there, there are seeds that are there in the ground. They are formed, they are ready, and they are going to be blooming here very, very soon. So last night I had this vision of a tree and I just saw this tree growing and, and, and it's hard to see that right now this time of year. But I'm telling you what, we are on the brinks of something happening in the spiritual realm. We're on the brinks, just like in the natural realm, of the trees blossoming, the trees blooming, and then them bearing fruit. One seed is all you need to produce a harvest, to produce a forest. One seed, one oak tree is planted in the ground and years later it forms this, this oak tree and then it begins to drop more acorns. And then all of a sudden you can plant a forest and birds are taking them places and, 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 and squirrels are planting them and forgetting where they are and all of a sudden you have all these other little oak trees pop, popping up. And I'm telling you what, that's in the kingdom what we're supposed to be doing. God calls us seed planters. Paul says that I plant the seed, Apollos waters, but God grows it. We are called to be seed planters. We're called to be, and the Bible talks about seed time and harvest. We plant the seed, God does his thing. The first six days God worked and he created the universe to regenerate and be fruitful and multiply itself in seed form, right? And from that day forward, he's actually been resting in his handiwork. And God's calling us to rest and to be still and, and to know he's God. <clears throat> And he's calling us to lean back because from that position, now we lean forward. So rest is only purpose is to position us in a place of peace to actually go. God says go in Mark 16. God says go in his great commission in Matthew 28. The other thing is what is part of God is go. Go. God, go. He's saying go. And, and like we, we, we want to keep saying Come, Jesus, come. Jesus has already came. And he's saying, go, people, go. Yes. Yeah. So here we are. We're, we're wanting these things to happen. We're wanting this stuff to happen. But God is putting these seeds in your hands and your fingertips. And listen, you may be the only perception that somebody sees of Jesus. Yeah. And what perception are you leaving? There's a quote we read today that was just really amazing. It was from Saint Assisi. And it said something like, Preach the gospel always. 
and use words when necessary. We are a living logo for God. We're a living logo for Him. And we need to be full of hope, full of life. Because, you know, I was watching this movie, it's called Holy Ghost. And, and in this movie, in the background, there's this guy. And, uh, and bless his heart, amazing man. They prayed with him that in no way in the movie did they dishonor him. But in the background, they're, they're, he's yelling with the, with the megaphone, holding these signs, turn or burn. Turn or burn. You know, really just honestly trying to scare the hell out of people. Instead of loving them into the kingdom, they walk across the street, this group in this documentary, and, and there's these four skateboarding teenage kids that are about 14 years old. And they just lead them into an encounter with Jesus. And they lead them into an experience and they feel God's tangible presence. And all four of them within minutes accept Jesus as their Savior and welcome Holy Spirit to live in their lives. They asked the guy across the street just prior to that, moments prior to that, they said, how long have you been doing this? Oh, 30 to 33 years? Oh, that's awesome. Bless your heart. How many people have accepted Jesus through your ministry? Four or five? And, 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 you know, that's four or five in the kingdom that weren't there before. So we give him credit for 33 years to be courageous and bold and to be doing that and to be steadfast in that. That's valuable. But at the same time, when we're doing the turn or burn message, we're turning probably more people away than we're bringing them in. Because people want to be full of hope. They want life. They want love. They want purpose. They want destiny. And here when we're holding up signs, turn or burn, what destiny is that? I turn or my father sends me to hell. God is not looking to send people to hell or, or orchestrate an orphanage. He's looking to be a loving father with their children, turning their hearts to the father and the hearts of the father to the children. That's hope. That's life. That's victory. So let's go to some more verses. Psalms 96 one says this, sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. In Revelation 21, five, it says, and the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for I tell you, this is trustworthy and true. I'm making all things new. Listen, the winter has passed. The springtime has come. And today we're going to offer an opportunity for prayer. And, 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 I, and I tell you this, just two and a half years ago, I was, I was, I lost all hope. I lost hope. My, our mother had just passed away. My mom and dad were pastoring the church here. We just were getting ready to get into this building. And, and I was managing the construction project. I was youth pastoring the youth, handling the budget of the church, interim pastoring as, as my dad sorted out uh, just some scars and wounds from my mom's death. I was working full-time at the fire department, just had a baby. And, and here, here I am mentoring 17 guys personally firsthand. And, and my plate was just absolutely full. Frustration, burnout, I was just mad. I found myself, I don't know if I picked up a spirit or what, but just depressed. And I literally pictured myself taking my gun and shooting myself in the head. Uh, I was a pastor. It's just a place I had got to. Because for some reason, the enemy, see, he, the enemy is the father of what? Lies. Lies. The only tool that he has in his repertoire is to actually deceive. He's a deceiver. The only area he can even work on is your mind. He can't get to your heart. He can't get to your spirit. He can't get to your inner man or woman. He can only work to your mind. See, our heart, it's an autonomic nervous system that we don't have to think for our heart to beat. We don't have to sit there and try to control our heartbeat or our respirations. 
That's within us. That's our spirit, man. It's our soul. It's the inner being. God, God, He says, rest. I'll take care of everything. Amen. But then what He gives us is free will, free choice, but also power and authority over our mind, our thoughts, our will, and our emotion. Yes. See, God doesn't... It says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and what? Sound. A sound mind. So God actually gives us the authority of heaven and on earth, but He gives us the authority of our thoughts and us to be able to recognize the father of lies, the deceiver, to say, no, that's not it. Amen. My God is a God of hope. My God is a God of life. My God is victorious, and He wins every single time. Yeah. The enemy has no dominion. The enemy has no authority. Matter of fact, I don't even like preaching about Him and being reminded that there's even an enemy out there. Amen. I'm just being real. That's my theology because God is authoritative and victorious in every single realm. Amen. The only thing the enemy has is a tool of deception, but he does not have dominion over that. He does not have authority. So here I was at a place and just lost all hope. I lost, you know, and, and, and I understood. I'm sitting here rationalizing. I have a wife who's amazing. I have... Three beautiful daughters. I have I have all this going for our church is growing, it's thriving. We are pastoring our community and being influential in our school system. We're reaching 400 kids a week in the public school system. Amen. And this is all happening all, all during this period, but yet I found myself without hope. I found myself not just wanting to give up. Just done, just washed out, just burnt out, just ticked off. Frustrated God. We had something happen privately that really just rocked me. I told God, I said, God, I will give you my life. I will give you everything. I will serve you. I will, I will do anything for the rest of my life for you. But you protect this one thing. Suddenly a day came where that one thing was rocked. And I was just mad at God. I had a really good pastor friend of mine, Nathan Dalton. He's like, Aaron, you're hurt. He's like, you really just need to go out to Weird at a Lake. He said, you need to go out to that dock, and you need to just have it out with God. You need to scream at him if you have to. He said, because it's in your heart, and he knows your heart, so you might as well just be out with it. And I had a heart-to-heart -heart with God. A couple months later, they invited us to, to, a, to a service with a guy named Leif Hetland, and I found myself there, and my dad was there, and my one sister, Leah, was there. And Nicole, and I remember receiving something that I had never experienced in my life, and it was it was like an experience of just a liquid love, just a tsunami wave of love that came about me. Listen, I had the baptism of spirit, and I had power. I had I had that, and that rocked me. That changed my life upside down seven years ago, seven and a half years ago. Didn't believe in it, didn't want it, didn't believe in all that kooky stuff. All right, then all of a sudden I find myself up in front of a guest church. And they're just, my dad had sent us there just to check things out for a youth program. And I'm up there, they call us to the front of the church. I'm right here with Nicole. I'm just, I'm right here in this big church. I'm just like, all of a sudden, God's power came down upon me and just baptized me with fire and tongues and His Spirit. And it was amazing. And I was wrecked. I was undone. We drove home that night and I wept. I hadn't cried in three to five years. I hadn't shed a tear. I was hard and firefighters seeing death all the time. And I remember weeping for four hours straight, not even being able to drive. We got lost. Probably couldn't see straight. 
So a two and a half hour drive turned into four hours. We get home super late. My wife, she's pregnant, you know, just totally different life than where we are now. No kids. It's amazing. I miss sleep. It's more amazing now, I promise. But anyway, I just found myself in this place. And, and I was just wrecked. And then again, I found myself five and a half years later, almost to the same place I was without hope. But again, God shows up. And He restored hope. More than I'd ever had. If you remember in Job, God restored the Job twice as much as He ever had. If you remember when David lost his, his, his joy, He said, Return to me the joy of your salvation. A lot of times we misquote that. He said, Return to me the joy of my salvation. It's not my salvation, it's His. So return to me the joy of your salvation. And all of a sudden it was restored and you see what David did from there. Yes. I'm just saying, when God restores hope, he restores it greater than it ever was. So today if you're sitting here and you're hopeless, if you're full of fear, if you have depression, if you have these things, you do not have to walk out of here the same as you came in. There's going to be an invitation that even if just your hope of negativity or just, just different things, seeds of the media has gotten into you. It's okay. God is a restorer. He's a good God and He only does good things all the time. Let me finish this up. Let me, let me come home with this. So in Proverbs 13, 12, it says this. Proverbs 13 says, Hope deferred make the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So as I saw this tree just coming up last night, I just this verse came to mind, and and it really has been just resonating with me the last week or, or or eight days. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. All of a sudden, we just start coasting through the average life and just the every days of life and just the heartaches of of circumstance and trials. But I'm telling you what, God restores a fulfilled life like a tree blooming, and we are in the right season, at the right place, at the right time, yes. right now. Amen. There is no greater time to be alive than right now. Amen. I thank God for my iPhone 6. <laughs> I thank God for electricity and heat. Yes. I thank God for running water and a toilet that I can wipe up behind at 3 in the morning. <laughs> I thank God for those things. But I thank God that we are in the flattest the world's ever been with the most amount of people that's ever existed here that can be reached for the glory of God. It is not a dark world. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. He's shining light in it. He's in the light business and His stock is increasing. There might be dark things around us. There might be dark things happening. God might be, we might be witnessing dark events. Okay? There's tragedy that makes the news. Three kids passed away in our community just over a week ago is, is not light. That is darkness. But the world itself is not dark. It's bright and it's getting brighter because Jesus came to a cross. He died and He rose again that all hope could be fulfilled for all time, for all purposes, for all people. Jesus' blood paid the price for everything. Everything. His body was broken so our body could be made whole. His blood paid the price for everything. See, it's easy to dwell in our circumstances. It's easy to dwell in the things we're seeing. It's easy to dwell on, in the snow. But faith is what? 
things hoped for, yes. not seen. Yes. So we can't praise God based on our circumstances or where we are. We praise God for where we want to be and where we know He's called us to be. Yes. Jeremiah 29 11 says, For God has called us to a place to prosper us a hope and a future for us. Yes. Paraphrasing that. For a prosperous, a hope, and a future. A hope. Faith are things hoped for, not seen. So no matter how bad it looks, we go and we praise from a place of a mountain. I've referenced this a, lot, a couple times the last few weeks. That, and God, God showed me this in one of our worship services. That the Gideon, when Gideon took his troops, first off, the battle was won in the secret place. The angel showed up to Gideon around the campfire. Okay, And he spoke to him saying the battle's yours. Yeah. God has already told you your battle's won. Amen. God has already spoke to you. Read Revelation. We win. Your battle's already won. Then all of a sudden, he gives him clear instruction. They go up to the mountaintop with the overlooking an enemy that is far outnumbering them, far superior, far more technologically advanced in weaponry. And if you study this story, they are completely outnumbered, outgunned, outmanned, outmilitaried. Completely. They stand up on this mountain, they shine lights, and they rattle these, these, these instruments and crazy things and all of a sudden, the enemy turns on themselves and the battle is won through praise and worship from a place, a high place of where they are victorious, not where they were. Amen. They didn't come down to the valley and stoop to their level and fight from a place of their circumstance. They rose to a mountain. They actually fought from a place of hope, a place of victory, and a place of life. And God is calling you to sit in the heavenlies, to sit in the high places, to sit with Him on His throne, on His lap, and say, I've got your back. I've got your circumstance. And then he's even saying, in all the circumstances and trials you go through, count it all joy. Yeah. Because when you count it joy, you've already won. Right. You've already won the battle. Last verse I want to go to is this. Romans 15.13 in the English Standard Version says this. I think it'd be fun. Somebody asked for it. Like we have any have ever heard of like a fire tunnel? You guys heard of that? Okay, so like if you came from like a charismatic movement or something like that, you may have experienced this. Okay, but today I think we should do like a hope tunnel. Okay, so we'll get the guy, the people that are in fire starters, this, the school supernatural ministry, and whoever else you know, leaders or whatever, just to line up in like a tunnel, and we'll take the whole church and just run, just go through, walk through the hope tunnel, and I believe you're going to come out full of hope, full of life. Maybe some fire in a good way. Maybe some joy, right? How many could use a little more joy in their life? Some positivity, yeah? How many would take some positivity? The world is not doom and gloom. God's a good God, and He's in a really great mood. He's in a good mood today. I was talking to him, and he says he's in a good mood. A really good one. He's excited for you to be here today. He's excited to call you in his kingdom and to call you children of God, a chosen people. He loves you. So Romans says this. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Ghost, you may abound in hope. I'm going to read that again. That just pops to me. May the God of hope fill you. How many want to be filled up? 
You know that when the Bible talks about the cup running over, I believe, and we feel here, and I know that it's scriptural, God calls your cup to run over so that you can leak out onto others around you. He doesn't make us full to waste anything. God's not a wasteful God, is he? He finishes his plate. He eats his vegetables. He doesn't waste anything. So if he's bringing us to a place to make us full, it's to overflow onto others. So when he's saying the God of hope will fill you with joy and peace, he's going to fill us not to the point of just where, where I can take it. Here, look at this demonstration. We're going to do this. Okay? we got time for this. I was waiting for somebody to say, ain't nobody got time for that. we got time for that. Okay, so this is a cap. This is God's, this is our container. This is the kingdom of God. This is heaven. Okay? He says, pray this prayer. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So whatever's in heaven, we have a right to. And he's wanting to pour out. He says, test me in this. He's talking about giving him offering, giving him worship, giving him tithes and offerings. He says, test me in this and see if I don't open the floodgates of heaven and pour out onto everything, everybody all the time. So here's heaven. Here's the kingdom. Here's God. Here's us. And see, we, we want to use this illustration like, okay, well, I'm full. Okay, good enough. Okay, I had a good service today at church. I'll see you next Sunday. Right? Come on. God didn't fill you up so that you can just so you can just keep this container for you. That's selfish. That's self-centered. Nothing about the cross or Jesus was ever self-centered. It was for you, it was for me, it was for humanity and for all mankind to bring you back to the Father. So he actually fills us up to the point of overflow to say, hey, this is for everybody. It's not just for me. It's for everyone. I'm the kingdom of God. Right? He's like, don't just keep it for yourself. Are you with me? And he will fill you. The God of hope. I won't leave this section out. The God of hope will fill you with joy and peace. In believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in what? Hope. God is filling you up. He's filling you to the brink of overflow. So that you can pour out onto others and actually give people around you an encounter with God and a good perception of His real character and who He really is. It's not about us. Our God's not dead. He's surely alive. Living on the inside. I don't know the rest, so I just keep going. Roaring like a lion. Something else. I want you to stand with me. God is doing good things. Listen, Jesus came to restore all hope. You're not serving a dead God that's in a tomb still. You're not serving a God that's held up on a cross captive. He removed himself from the cross. He removed himself from the grave to rise again to prove his life so that we can have eternal life. He took the price so that you and I could be full of hope, full of joy, 
full of peace and full of the goodness of Him, manifesting in all the fruits of the Spirit, manifesting in all the spiritual giftings. It says in the Bible, earnestly seek all of them. I'm to the point now, I don't care if I'm uncomfortable with them or not. I'll take it all, Lord. Give me it all. Pour that whole container out on me like the Old Testament oiling. I'll take it all. Nowadays, the churches, they just dab a little oil on the forehead. And I'm talking Old Testament. They dump the whole container over the head. That's what I want. When Nicole was saying today, create that funnel, the fire. Listen, it says stir up the fire, the gift that's inside you. Fanning the flame, the gift that's already inside you. God has put something in you. His name's Jesus. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That tied in really well. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We're going to create this tunnel and get the band coming up to sing that fire song, I think. How you guys like that? Let's do that. But I want to pray for you corporately first. And I just, there's an invitation. Come on up right now. Just get on up in here. You can jump on the stage. You don't have to come up pretty. Isn't it funny that when sometimes God works, it's messy. We say God's a gentleman who'll never give you more than you can handle. I say jump in the river. I want it all. I don't care if I think I can handle it or not. God will always provide. His grace is sufficient for every need. So here's the deal. I just want to pray for you corporately. If you don't know Jesus as hope, if you don't know the Lord as your Heavenly Father, if you don't have the Holy Spirit living inside you, today's your day. You can see me personally. I will pray with every single person in here if I need to. I will stay all night if I have to. I gave God my life a long time ago. I go on these wild trips. I had Aaron and Cody with me last night. And we're just in this wild place. Amish people are getting blasted by the Holy Spirit. Baptist. I mean, it was just awesome. It's awesome. Because God is crossing every denominational wall. Every religious barrier, every race, every creed, every language. There is, he, is, he is no discerner of persons. He's a good God. And, and I just say, crush the Tower of Babel. I want to communicate to my brothers and sisters around the world. I curse that Tower of Babel. That has made it so inconvenient over the last few years for me. But anyway, I just want to pray for you corporately. God, I, just, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this people. That the church is not a building. The church is not a ministry. The church is your people. I thank you that we don't just have to attend church. We can be the church. I thank you that you didn't die on the cross just so we can get into heaven. But you died on the cross so heaven can get into us. I say let us be the example of you. Let us resemble hope, love, and peace. Let us give a good perception of you. Let us lead people to an encounter, God. Let us. Let us. God, you are good. God, if there's anybody in this place that doesn't know you intimately, you just reveal yourself to them right now the way that they need you to. Just the way. Just be intimate right now with people, God. Just right now. Just be intimate. God, right now, you are a good God. We thank you. Thank you, Daddy. We thank you that today is a day of hope. That the future is bright. It's full of life. And it's full of hope. And you are ruling and reigning. And we do not have to stress out, be full of fear, or wonder what tomorrow brings. 
just pray right now that we don't have to worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow worries about itself as long as the day is long. Because you are victorious. Jesus name. So here's here's what we're gonna do. There's a good tunnel set up for you. So just as you as you leave today, just just come around here. We're gonna come to the south side of the building here. Or for those of you who get mixed up in direction, that side. And then just walk through and then you can get to know somebody. Get to get to know your brothers and sisters here. We're a family, we are friends. And God calls you more than a conqueror. And just have fun. Have fun, but don't leave here hopeless. Don't leave here lifeless and don't leave here full of fear. We love you. Have an amazing week. Enjoy the tunnel. God's really good.